Yo, 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 it's your boy, Young L.A. Friends, a.k.a. The 100 Proof Playboy, and we back. We are back with another podcast. I know I've been going for a long-ass time, man. I know I make y'all promises and break them, but who would I be if I wasn't me? A fake G. We're going to switch it up a little bit, man. Um, you know, I know we usually be talking about a lot of shit that be morbid, and we still going to talk about, you know, politics and, uh, and communal shit that goes on, um, you know, in the news or Whatever, but I want to add another aspect into the podcast that maybe will, you know, create a, uh, a, a bigger audience, you know, which is I'm going to add the sports aspect into everything. You know, at first I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to do that just because I didn't want everything to be completely watered down. I didn't want one thing to be, I don't want the podcast to be solely about one thing or solely about another thing. So I'm going to just try this out, man. And, you know, I was looking at some fights and that Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor fight, bro. That shit was absolutely incredible. Granted, we do know, I mean, if those of y'all that are familiar with, um, you know, the fights and everything, you do know that, of course, you have to kind of understand that Conor was eventually going to win the fight. But I kind of was rooting for Nate Diaz solely because, I mean, hey, bro, he knocked him down four times. He knocked him down. And the uh, Diaz-McGregor fight, the first one, he knocked him down like four times, bro. Knocked him four times and he choked you out and you lost. And then in this, and then in, in, in this, this, the McGregor uh, Diaz too. Again, he knocked him down like three or four times again. I mean, he won, but it came down to the cards. But uh, I was talking to one of my homeboys and, you know, the, the, the Donald Cerrone and uh, McGregor fight is coming up on the, I believe it's the 16th. Yeah, I think it's the 16th. And, um. Yeah, man. I mean, again, I, I, all of the fights. See, this is the thing. I, a lot of fighters, a lot of fighters, don't know or don't necessarily have good trainers. And what I mean by having a good trainer is, if you look at a lot of these guys' records, right? You know, anybody from the hood or anybody that grew up in a neighborhood where you know fighting is something that they do. Some people get into fights cause fighting because they they like fighting. And a lot of the aspect of fighting is stamina, right? It's not necessarily your technique. It's not necessarily your technique, right? Usually it's a psychological thing and it's your stamina. Your psychological aspect of the fighting is I don't want to get hit. I don't, I don't want to get hit, right? And so in not getting hit, people coach, oh, defense, 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 right? But what if you fight somebody that's just as, Nervous to fight you as you are nervous to fight them. And being nervous don't mean you're scared. It's just you probably, you don't want to get hit. Nobody want to get hit in their head. Don't nobody on earth want to get hit in their head, including crazy people. Nobody wants to get hit in the head. But as far as the the Diaz and the McGregor fade, I I believe that the key to all of those fights, you can see he was winded. Okay, yeah, he came out the first round. He tried to go slow, methodical, boom, boom. You know, he's a sniper. You like to stand outside, counter punch, boom, snipe, counter punch, boom, throw the left, boom. He's left handed, he's southpaw. I know that because I'm a southpaw. And that left hand straight is probably one of the most vicious punches and the most unrated, underrated punch, probably in fighting period, is the is the straight hand, is the straight jab. That's that right there. The left hand straight jab may be if for a southpaw, or even if well, let's say if you're orthodox or southpaw. The straight jab, period, the backhand jab is probably the most underrated punch because people rarely throw it. And if you watch fights, man, and you see how, how many, most fighters are, 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 most fighters are right-handed, right? So for those of y'all that are not familiar with, you know, the ladies that's listening or whatever, or those of y'all that don't really pay attention, okay, most people that, you, that, that fight, most people on earth are right-handed, right? So what most people fight is they fight with their left hand out and their right hand in, Right? So their left hand is up high, and their right hand is, is up high, but it's tight, right? But the right hand is the backhand. So most, of the, most fighters, most people, and just pay attention, most people, whether it be MMA, whether it be I mean, uh, UFC, whether it be Bellator, whether it be boxing, whatever, most people drop their backhand. They usually drop that hand. Some people drop they, they, they left hand, they, they front hand too. People, most of the time though, people dropping that, uh, that backhand. So if you left-handed, like me, or Connor, right, 
and you fighting somebody that's right-handed, which means that they back, they backhand is their right hand, and your backhand is your left hand. That means that their guard is open. So you can easily stick your hand in their guard, and they can't respond. It, 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 it's, it's too unorthodox for you to be, to be able to respond to. If you're sticking your left hand into a right hand, right-handed man's guard, you're going to hit him every time. Why? Because your jab, your, your jab cancels his jab. So the only thing that he has is his backhand, but he can't fight you with his backhand alone. You can fight him with your backhand because you're left-handed. So you can throw your, you can fight your normal fight, right? But he can't fight his normal fight because he's right-handed. So every time you throw your jab, you're going to cancel his jab. Every time. So you got the edge because your, your, your back shoulder is facing his back shoulder. You get what I'm saying? And it was also, I know some people are like, well, how would you have the edge if your back shoulder is facing it? Because he can't, the only way he can fight you, the only way, if you cut off his, if you cut off his right, if you cut off his left hand, if you cut off his left hand and force him to fight you with your right, with his right hand, he's not going to be able to hit you. Because you expecting that, that, you expecting that right hand to come out. All he got is the right hand. You just continuing to cancel that right, but you looking at, you looking at that, you looking at that right hand. So soon you throw, as soon as he throw the right hand. I'm gonna counter that with my with my with my right. I'm gonna counter his left with my right and, and send my left. It's like chess, you know. And then on top of that, if you if you if you factor in, you know, another thing people don't do is put their punches together. That's something that Nate Diaz was not doing that entire fight, bro. It's like I was why you was why like my me and my homeboy was talking about that shit. And it's like you know he said like Nate Diaz is ultimately a punching bag, which he is. It ain't no disrespect to the man. I mean the man is is a dog. But the punches he like Connor was it wasn't like Connor is like this amazing fight, but Connor is patient. Connor be met Connor if you if you pay attention, something that Connor does that not too many fighters do, and, and something that I'm gonna tell you another fighter that does this that people don't really be paying attention to. Uh Usman, the Jamaican brother. Uh John Jones does this. See, all three of them, they have this, and I ain't gonna name everybody down the list. That does it. But Anderson Silva used to do it well too. Is sticking your head, sticking your head out there. And I know people are like, well, that's not, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, when you when you got your hands up, see, most people just got their hands high and tight. That's that's traditional how you hold your hands. Hold your hands high and tight, protect your chin. Right? Your chin down, your hands high and tight, right? But the reality is nobody's fighting like that. And nobody's fighting peekaboo anymore. People holding their hands peekaboo. But they're not fighting like, you know, Jack Rat, like, like Floyd Patterson. One, two, one, two, just straight. Jet. Nobody's fighting like that. Which the jab is the most underrated hit, the under, most underrated punch in fighting. And people don't rarely throw the jab. Rare, rarely do people throw the jab. And if they do, it's like a loose punch that, no, that that's, not, that's unaccounted for. It's like they just throw it just to get back. Most people want to throw the hook. The hook is probably the most notorious punch in fighting because... Everybody always sees people get knocked out by the hook. The reality is, is the hook comes from so fucking far away from the punch zone that you can see it coming. That's why it's important if you want to throw the hook to add different punches. If you know, okay, I'm going to throw the hook. So you got to come in with something because you can't just have a hook come in. Now, you can have a hook come in if you just, if you, if you, again, that comes from measuring your punches. See, people don't, people don't know how to fight. When you look at like UFC and everything and Bellator and how all of these guys, you know, want to do the most people kick. People love kicking. That's what I see. People kick, 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 kick. It's easy to kick because you're gonna connect. It's easy. I'm gonna kick you. Kick, kick, kick. So yeah, it looks good, like oh he kicked him. But it's not really it, it's not as debilitating as a punch. And I know some people are like, what do you mean? Nigga, nobody's gonna let your foot come to their face. Not a thigh kick, boom. He, oh, he kicked him. What a good, that's a good uh, uh, front, front kick. Yeah, but that's not really doing nothing, though. You don't take gas out of somebody by kicking them. You know, you got to put too many kicks to, uh, uh, it's, there is nothing more, there is nothing more sinister than throwing your hands on somebody that know that they can't stop your hands from coming in. See, a kick, you can grab a foot. You grab my, my, like my dad said, when you used to say when he was a youngster, you know, he used to, he made a career out of grabbing niggas' feet. 
and catching niggas' hands and shit like that. So if you got any kind of a defense, any kind of a defense, you know, I'm getting hit with a kick. The, the basis, I don't care what nobody says, the basis of fighting is these hands. You have to know how to use your hands. Your hands are the, the most reliable weapon that you could ever have. People don't know how to use their hands, though. It's either people throw and they don't know how to defend themselves when they getting, like, in other words, somebody throwing on you, right? See, it's easy to throw punches. Like, Joe Tessitore used to talk about that shit. Like, it's easy to throw punches, right? Anybody can throw punches. That's not a, a boxer coming to the gym and throw a punch and it's nothing. That's all. Yeah, everybody know how to throw because that's natural. You know, oh, I'm going to hit you. I'm, but not everybody knows how to. Three things. A, put your, hand, put your punches together. B, win to throw. And C, what type of punch to throw. Know what I'm saying? And that's, the, that's just the reality of fighting. So when you look at the sport right now and they, oh, yeah, this guy is woo-woo. Well, most of these clowns can't fight. Why? Because the fight starts with the ground game. You can't just come in and just grab a nigga and grapple the nigga and then go, go through a transition, do a takedown, slam the nigga, and then choke him out. Yeah, that's, that's ideal. But at some point, you're going to have to know how to at least throw your fucking hands. At least. I'm not saying you need to be the most gifted boxer or, or gifted uh, 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 hand specialist on earth, but you need to have a go-to punch, go-to punches that you have that you like, motherfucker, you don't want these. You really don't want these. I, I want to wrestle you on the ground and all that, but I'll throw these, and I'll throw these well. And that's something that people don't teach their fighters. They, they emphasize all of this like Muay Thai shit. Oh, it kicked the, it kicked the bag. Boom, kicked the bag. They do the speed bag with their hands. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Dude working on the speed bag, throwing their hands, but they're not throwing their hands on a person. Yeah, you might get in the ring and you might spar with somebody, but when most people that's doing MMA, when they sparring, they kick it. That's why, like, if I had a fighter or if, if you know, I was training or whatever... I would, I would focus on my boxing game. I would focus on my boxing. I would, I would get in. I would try to get into a class to where I could box, and then I would bring that boxing shit to MMA, right? And then I would also, you know, I don't really know how to kick like that, but I'm saying I would, you know, give me a little kick game going and shit. I nigga, I fuck around and learn how to do the kick shit. I kick the fuck out one of you niggas. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I eat, nigga. How you do this round? How? Okay, spin a little wheel kick. I used to watch wrestling, nigga. So the kicks and shit. I I know the nigga Goldberg used to have a cold shuffle side kick. I mean, it was fake, but it was looking like it was knocking niggas. I know in the video game, I, I used to create people. And let me get that. Yeah, let me get that side shuffle kick. You just turn to the side, just kick that nigga in the head. Yeah, let me get that one. That shit is dropping niggas. You know what I'm saying? But you know the the I'm I'm excited to see. The uh, sir, I forget, I don't know who else is on the match card, um, but that, I know they've been promoting that fight uh, heavily. You know that Cowboy and uh, McGregor fight. I guess that's the main, the main, that's the main card. I'm really excited to see about that because um, people underestimate underestimate uh, Cerrone, bro. Like I see, I think he lost like seven out of his last ten fights, but he got a belt fight now. He had a belt fight. So, obviously, the three fights that he won, motherfucker, he, he obviously uh, was doing something. And then this other thing, too, is like, okay, if you lose, people don't understand. Like, if you lose, if you get knocked out, right, if you get knocked out, you drop further than you do if you just lose on the cards, right? Because then they tally, like, okay, well, how'd you lose? Like, they factor in, like, submission, knockout, and then just it went down to a decision. If your fight goes to a decision... You drop, you may not be the champ anymore, but you don't drop to like 16 or no shit like that. You may drop to like five, you know, because there's other guys in line for the belt. So then when they, you know, considering the fact that if you don't get knocked out or you don't continue to lose or you don't get choked out again, and you continue to, or even if you keep losing on the cards, man, sometimes, you know, you just can't get your shit going and, or whatever. But you might have got three knockouts, right? So if you had 10 fights, you, you won seven. I mean, you lost seven, but you won three. But the three that you won was first round knockouts. Then, yeah. 
You're going to move. And so that's what I believe that's happening with, with this situation right here. But what I'll say is people keep talking about, oh, McGregor is going to knock out uh, Cowboy. No, Cowboy got that Muay Thai shit in them elbows. And Cowboy will beat and split his ass open like an opal apple. Because people don't understand Donald Cerrone is one of the very few people in MMA, regardless of what anybody says, in the, what is that, the lightweight and middleweight division that actually has real hands, bro. People don't know. Like, Donald Cerrone got boppers, bro. That Muay Thai shit is not just, and then he got a cold ground game. And he got a cold clinch game. So the man is well-rounded. It ain't like Conor finna just get out there like the Eddie Alvarez fight. It was that Eddie Alvarez just let him just beat up on him, man. Eddie Alvarez was the champ. It was the unified, it was the unified champion match. It was the lightweight champ versus the, the, uh, the middleweight champ, I believe, yeah. Yeah, lightweight versus middleweight. I believe that Conor had the lightweight and Eddie Alvarez was the middleweight champ. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's how that was. Um, but he, no, 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 no. Or yeah, yeah, I think that was like that. What I just said. But yeah, bro, he, Eddie Alvarez just let him just beat him up. I mean, he didn't throw no strikes. He just kind of like postured and kind of moved his head and shit. And kind of just stood there and just looked in the guard and shit. Like okay, so uh, okay, that's that's the guard you gonna go. For? Uh, I'm gonna go straight jab. You know what I'm saying? He dropped him like three times. And then, you know, before he went in for the kill. But the 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 the, the sequence that happened before he went in for the kill was so cold. He threw a fucking a four-piece on him. And then got on the ground. When he dropped, he, you know, serviced him again. And, and you know, that was it. You know, uh, Big White Boy, I think the name, is, the name is Joe or something, whatever. Uh, yeah, Big White Boy with the, with the uh, Jet Black crew cut was like, yeah, that's it. This is, this is, been, it's been one. You know, so, um, you know, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm excited to see, you know, what happens with, with the guys that, you know, that are out there. All the guys on the match card, actually, man, I, I'm, that's a, the fights are a, a dying sport. You know, I, I don't think that we'll ever have the, um, you know, boxing, MMA, any of that. I, I don't think we'll ever have the, uh, the type of talent that we had in like the, you know, the, the 60s and 70s, really the 70s. I don't think we'll ever have like the talent that we had in the 70s and the 60s as far as fights go ever again. I don't think we'll ever have um, the talent that we had back then ever again. You know, I think the 80s was like the last hurrah, you know, with Sugar Ray, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler, like the middleweight division, middle and welterweight division. Of uh, boxing, I don't think we'll ever have that again. You know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, I mean, especially with boxing, maybe not so much with MMA, just because it's always new guys coming in. That's like the fastest growing sport in the world. Um, but as far as boxing goes, man, it's it's it's. I ain't seen too many fights that or too many promos that I that I would want to, you know, uh, you know, watch. You know, I heard the, I didn't even see the Anthony Joshua and, um, you know, Ruiz fight. My home, one of my homegirls told me about that shit. And she said, basically, you know, Andy Ruiz got his ass beat. Which I believe that that first fight was rigged, you know what I mean? That first fight was, was, was some bullshit from the jump. It was no reason why, uh, you know, it was no reason why he should even lost. Even that, that sequence, the last sequence that happened. It's like he hit him and then he dropped to his knee and then he looked up. And then you know he he hit him again, and he was like, "Nah, man, I'm 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 straight." You know, there's no reason for him to, to for Anthony Joshua to even look. And he 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 didn't lose prior to that. Man, get the fuck out of here. You know. And then you know the Tyson Fury and, and the Wilder fight. You know, uh, uh, that nigga Tay. That nigga Tay knocked Tyson Fury down twice. Knocked him out twice. And they was like, oh, the fight is a draw. How's the fight a draw? The nigga just dropped him twice. You know, knockdowns are worth more than round wins, right? Like, that's a knockdown. If you in the ring 
if, if me, let's say like me and you in the ring and we doing our shit right and I knock you down, I automatically win that round. And you don't knock me down, I automatically win that round. Even if you was beating up on me, if I knock you down, I automatically win. So I don't know what the judges was thinking. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I don't know if they, you know, but it's, it, you know, it's some racial shit in, in, in boxing anyway. Boxing is probably one of the most racist sports ever, if you ask me. If not the most racist sport ever. You know what I'm saying? But, hey. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Fury and, and Wilder are supposed to be getting it in. Again, um, I know they finalized the fight. I don't recall when exactly they said the fight was going to happen. I think they still kind of, I think it may happen in like in ne like next month or something like that, I think. I think I remember seeing like next month they talking about they're going to they gonna get back out there. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, because Wilder already had that other fight. Yeah, man, so I mean, you know, it, it, again, bro, yeah, yeah, Wilder did have a fight. He knocked out that big, um, that, that, that big nigga. That half, I think that nigga's like half black, half Mexican, or some shit. Um, uh, uh, almost said his name, but yeah, he knocked him out like that was nothing. Which I knew the nigga was gonna do. I knew that nigga was gonna crush him. The nigga just, and nigga got a cold. It's the other thing too, man. With like, I don't know people that are trainers. I don't know what the fuck they be looking at. I don't know what I don't know what they would be looking at because fighting is such a simple people make it so scientific and drawn out or but it's really simple. It's really simple. People be wanting to, yeah, you know, we need to look at this movement and woo. It ain't about nigga, what did that fighter do to your fighter? That's all you need to know. What did he do? What does what does he do? You know, if you coming off a loss and you getting a rematch, or if you just scouting a fighter, okay, what did he do to that guy? Okay, that guy don't know how to move. Our guy knows how to move, so we don't have to. We don't have to focus on that. He's like, no, we need to work on our movement because he, uh, you know, he, he. No, you need most people. Most people that are trainers that don't have fighters, that have fighters that don't become the shit, is usually because they don't know what type of fighter that they have. They don't know what type of fighter that they have, and because of that, see, when you an athlete and you got a trainer. You need to know, and I heard Kobe say this earlier. I was watching the, uh, the Showtime basketball uh, podcast with uh, Matt Barnes and, uh, and Steven Jackson. And they were talking about how, you know, it was, it was, uh, they had Kobe on the show. And Kobe was saying that Matt asked him, like, how do you, younger, now that you retired, younger players are coming to you asking you, you know, pointers about the game or whatever. Woo -woo. And, you know, how do you respond to that, those questions? And he said, well, usually most dudes come to me and ask me about their game, but I don't really know what to tell them because that's something that, you know, like, oh, what do I need to work on? It's like, I don't know. I mean, that's on you should be telling me what you need to work on or what you're not comfortable with. And that's something that a lot of fighters don't, you know, a lot of fighters are, are, are prideful in the aspect of they won't tell their trainers, like, hey, man, I don't know how to do this. Or, hey, I always get beat up when I do this. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Hey man, I think I need to work on my, you know, my my head movement, man. Every time I, you know, I was watching some film and and that's another thing too. That people don't do is they don't watch themselves. And when they watch themselves, they look at all the things that they they did wrong and now all the things that they can't do. See, it's a difference. When when you when you lose and I, hey, I never fought professionally before. Before I even say this, I have fought. Um, you know, had street fights before, and it's the same shit, you know? And it's like when you think back to, like, what happened, like, damn, I remember when this, this, and this happened, or, you know, I should have did this, or, I, you know, I was tired. Now I need to start, like, working out again. All of those things play into how you view yourself. I mean, the street fights, obviously, are probably way different than organized fights, you know? Maybe not as much in the MMA world, but at the same time, you know, it's a controlled environment. Is a referee, is you know whatever, but most people are prideful. They won't say, "Hey man, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. Can we work on this?" They just want to work on the same shit that they're good at, and that's not how you become good at anything you do. Anything that you're doing, it's like mind over matter, like Tupac said. You know, taking our strengths, taking our weaknesses, and making those our strengths. You know, and making our strengths, um, 
our weaknesses so that our when our strengths are our weaknesses, we can turn those into our strengths again. You know what I'm saying? It's becoming, you know, a fully, a, a well-tuned, a well-oiled machine. It's not always about winning the fight. Most people that, like, it's like this. And there was this guy I was watching, uh, or like, last, later last year, maybe, like, midway through last year, I was, I was researching about the stock market, you know, and, and, and what, do, what do you look for in the stock market, right? And the guy said, most people that's on the stock market that make money, they don't even know how they made the money that they made. It's, oh, I made $10,000. Yeah, but you don't know what you did. That's the key. That's the even, you know, we're talking about like online gaming, right? When you're playing somebody on Madden. The tendencies. See, people don't do, they don't, they don't pay attention to detail. That is the number one thing that is instrumental in success is attention to detail. What did you, what are we doing? What did, what's, why is this going like this? Why is this happening like this? Why is this like, why, why is that like that? You know, like with music. I, um, you know, I know that when, you know, when I record or whatever, I know what my, I know what my issues are. My main issue is, is, is me, the lack of me being in the studio. You know, it's not like I need to sit down and write more raps. I mean, it's, it's not, the science of making music is, is deeper than that. It's more of a, you understanding how you sound in the booth, you know, for all of y'all that's, you know, listening to this, that, that make music or produce or Whatever. It's not like you need to stay at home and just make more beats. You need to get in the studio and hear how your shit sounds on certain people's shit. This is why it's important to, if you're a producer, you need to go out and, and, and network with different rappers. You know? And go to their studio sessions. Don't just send them a beat and they pay you for the beat. No. Hey, man, when, when you going to the studio? Okay, man, I'm going to pop in on you. And then go to their session and then hear how they voice sound on your shit. Get a perspective of how... Each type of whoever is buying your beats sound. That way, even if they not good, let me sit on the session for a little while and then you know you leave or whatever. Or if they good, you know, then you know you keep working with that artist, which is what you should do. Anybody that's a producer that's trying to, you know, become up and coming, you know, find you somebody locally in your city and work with them. But that comes from going outside and meeting people. Yeah, every nigga that you meet is not going to be fucking Tupac. Every nigga that you meet is not going to be him. But you might find a motherfucker that, you know, one day after working with people and networking that may know a nigga that know a nigga that knows a nigga that's that good. And then you link up with him and then y'all, you know, do y'all shit. You got to know what you're looking for, though. You know, when, you, when you're a rapper or you're a singer, you have to. It's not just about, oh, I, gotta, I just got to make music or I, I, I want to make better music. Making, part of making better music, it's not about the words that you write. See, because the words are gonna resonate spiritually. They don't, you don't have to. They don't have to make state. They don't have to. Uh, blah. They don't have to make sense. They don't have to make sense. The words that you're saying, they gonna resonate regardless. If you listen to Nirvana, you don't know what the fuck Kurt is talking about, unless you, unless you, are feeling like no, I'm feeling sad. I'm gonna listen to Nirvana, and then the shit. You ever did that? Like listen to a song that didn't make sense, and then you you just get sad. Or you, you get turned up, whatever emotion you're feeling, and then that song comes on and you like, fuck with it real hard. Even if you're not, even if you are uh, subconsciously feeling like that, you don't even know that you're feeling like that. But you ever just like heard a song that you've been having in your playlist for a long ass time, but then one day you just find like, listen all the way to it and you like, this is my shit now. It's the same thing. It's, it's more of a, you have to know how you sound on wax. That's the number one thing that Future did. Future figured out how he sounded. And then that nigga trailblazed the whole movement of music that's that's now being oversaturated. You get what I'm saying? So, uh, um, <clears throat> hold on one second. I got some shit cracking off. I got to respond to this text and shit. Uh, but yeah, bro. <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, you know, we can all uh, speculate and say, you know, what we good at. And, you know, talk about the things that, you know, we, we, we know that we can do. But it takes a special type of person to be able to come behind that and say that, you know, oh, I need help with this or I need help with that. You know what I mean? So as far as, um, as, far as uh, you know, the, the fights go, I'm excited. I'm excited about the year, man. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of dope things happening this year. You know, I'm, I'm putting a mixtape together. Hopefully we done with that. 
I would like to be done with that shit by the end of February. Just the way that time works. I, 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 I would like to just work like this, you know. So hopefully when I get into the, uh, the full realm of things, I'll be able to do that. You know, put a little mixtape out by uh, February, do a little EP or some shit like that or another tape. And just continue to work, man. I mean, that's what this shit is about. You know, I got this, uh, this, this ab wheel that my dad gave me. I've been doing that. This is the second day. I've been doing 30 rollouts, you know, uh, three sets of 10, you know, on that. And then three sets of uh, a 10 um, sit-ups. So that's I, I feel that shit all in my core and shit, nigga. I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I can already see, like, the definition from me using it. You know, and I'm a, I'm I'm out of shape. I ain't even gonna. St- I ain't fat. I just you know my, I'm out of shape in my core area a little bit. It's all good though. I'm gonna get back on my Machiavelli on you bitch ass niggas soon. Um, but yeah, uh, also some shit I wanted to say too. I don't know if y'all are familiar with um, you know what's going on right now in the state of of uh, pandemonium, for lack of better words, that we experiencing in the country with uh. I guess like Iraq and Iran, basically, um, Trump uh, bombed. Trump bombed Iraq and all of that, and people crying, talking about you know, this one white, this white white dude, this one. Uh, I guess he's Iranian, and he was crying like, "Oh my God, like I, you know, are we not people, or or you know, we 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 love it. I want to be clear, we love Americans. You know, we just hate your president, woo woo, right? And all that crying shit, and that's propaganda, bro." Like, everything that y'all seeing, I've seen all the commentary that niggas had to say, all of the uh, the pseudo-political shit that niggas have to say, you know, motherfuckers that don't even know how to balance their checkbook or fix their credit, but they all of a sudden just had an answer to the economy and the, the global structure of how things should be. And my perspective on that shit is just, man, shut the fuck up. I posted that shit on uh, IG. Last night, shut the fuck up, focus on your bag, get you a gun, learn how to fight, which a lot of you motherfuckers don't have or don't know how to do. You know what I'm saying? Get your endurance up, go jogging in case you got to run somewhere on foot. And just handle your candle. All the rest of that shit, all of, look, all these motherfuckers is crying about, oh, all this shit happened to Iran. But when Obama was president, nobody was saying shit. Everybody was an Obama, uh, Obama birthed a baby bird today. And it was, you know, nobody. And then when people would say shit about Obama, it was like, oh, how could you say that about? It was like society is. Society is Americans right now. There is a reverse psychology thing going on. Right. So anything that's like openly racist, we address when the country is still openly racist. You know why? Because if you play Call of Duty on Xbox and you you talking shit to some white dudes, you a nigger. Usually and immediately you are a nigger. You a nigger. I mean, we all niggers and thugs to these white folks because we don't have a place in the economy. We don't have economic power as a, as a community of people. You know, I was I was telling my best friend last night and, uh, and my and my brother last night. You know, I was talking to them and I was telling them that 55% of all black Americans in the country make at least $100,000 a year. Today in 2020, 55% of all black Americans black Americans in the country make at least $100,000 a, a a year. But they just tell niggas, see, people don't understand the power of propaganda. This is what fuels poverty. This is what fuels uh, uh, destruction. This is what fuels a pipeline mentality. You know, all, all the white folks is doing for the, they just, they keep, and the police keep killing us. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to do that to a, pe- a group of people that's disenfranchised. Yeah, you're going to do that to people. Who all they know is being institutionalized and living in projects and being on the county. Yeah. But the greater part of your people are not poor. Black people are not poor. Niggas ain't poor. Niggas are not poor. We not. Because what's the definition of poor? Because all poor is almost almost beneath the poverty or at, at the poverty line. You know, that's low class. Okay. 
So then, what's middle class? What's middle class? Oh, nigga, middle class is people who make uh, uh, $100,000 a year. Right, nigga. So if a household, and just follow me. So if a, if a house, let's figure, okay, right, like, like this. Okay, like me, for example, right? If I got married, right, and I make, let's just say I make $40,000 a year, right? And my wife, for, just for example, I'm not married, but I'm just saying, my wife is, is, a, is a nurse, right, at LVN. Let's just say. And she makes $60,000 a year, but combined income, we make $100,000 a year. How are we poor? How are we poor? This is the reality. If you look at the inner city, right, all of the nursing jobs, all of the, the, the social service job, the civil service job, all of those are people of color. Majority of the, you rarely see a white nurse. You rarely see a white, I'm talking, about in, I'm talking about in Los Angeles. You might see a white doctor, but you rarely see a white nurse. You know why? Because that is not a pipeline that their community is invested in. You rarely see a white bus driver because that's not a pipeline that they're invested in. You may see a white teacher, but even in that, you rarely see them. Most teachers is black and Mexican. The white folks ain't fooling, or Asian. Unless you're talking about a college professor, which most of them usually, usually they have doctorates. So it's like, well, well, what do white people do? I'm not talking about what white people do. I'm saying what niggas do. 55%. That's more than half. Not really, that's 5%. Well, yeah, nigga, it has to be 50-50 of anything. 50% of anything is half, nigga. 50% 50% of, of anything is half. 55% of black Americans in this country make at least uh, at least $100,000. So what about the other 50, what about the other what? 45% of niggas. Those niggas ain't just dirt poor. No, then it's like a, it's a chopping block. Niggas may make 80,000. These niggas may make 60,000. Know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about individuals. I just use the whole, uh, what do you call I just use the, the, the marriage thing as a concept to, to say that together as a household, we bring in uh, $100,000 a year. Let me tell you something, nigga. If you're a single person and you're making $40,000 a year and you live by yourself, you're doing pretty fucking good. You're doing pretty fucking good. If you are a single person and you're making $40,000 a year, by yourself, you don't have no kids, you don't have no dog, you don't have, you know, you, you, you by yourself, you're doing pretty fucking good. You're doing pretty fucking good, nigga. Because what would that mean? Let's do the math real quick, right? Let's just do the math. And this is going to be untaxed because, you know, we don't work for the fucking IRS. And let me just pull a calculator out real quick, nigga. Because I feel like people just be fucking talking out their ass and creating a... See, this is what I've noticed about people. People don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They don't think. They just read what other people say, and they don't think for themselves. So if you're making $40,000 a year, right, a year, if you divide that by 12, that means you're making three fucking thousand dollars, give or take, a year. The $3,333.33 uh, $3, a year. So let's just say roughly when everything is gone taxed, you're making $3,000 a month. If you're making $3,000 fucking dollars a month, nigga, you're doing good. You're doing good. You doing good, nigga? Three th- if you if you making that's if you you making close to nigga, it's three hundred and thirty. It's three thousand three hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, three three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars a month. So you almost making four thousand dollars. Let's just say round it off and just say that you making three. But you a thousand dollars away from three thousand dollars. I mean four thousand dollars. So if you making three thousand fucking dollars a year, nigga, and you and you saying you poor. Three bands a month is guaranteed. Guaranteed. You you a single person, so you may have an apartment, right? So your rent may be like I live in Windsor Hills right now. Okay, my rent is close to almost eighteen hundred a month. Let's just say it's eighteen hundred, right? Okay, so let's just say three thousand. Let with the same salary, three thousand minus eighteen hundred. Let's just flat eighteen hundred. Now now I'm left with twelve hundred. No twelve hundred, right? So let's say I got a car. My car note is two hundred. Right. So twelve hundred minus two hundred 
That's now I'm left with a band, right? This, this is, but this is, this is just one month though. This ain't like you living with your parents and shit because this is what most motherfuckers is doing is living at home. And people keep talking about, oh, all of these things, people, you know, people are poor. Most motherfuckers that's making $40,000 a month don't live on their own. They live at home with mommy and daddy. So if you making $40,000 a fucking month and you living at home, all you paying for, most of the, most, for the most part, is, yo, let's just say you pay your car insurance and you pay your car note. Your mama may pay your phone bill, but let's just say you pay your phone bill. So if your car note, let's say, right, if your car note is, I'm going to say $300 a month, right? Your car note is $300. Then your phone bill is $125. It's just me. You ain't got the, the $50 a month plan by T-Mobile. Let's just say you got some bullshit with Verizon or AT&T. So you got to pay $125 a month for your phone and shit, right? Now you have $425. Oh, but you got insurance. So let's say your insurance, let's say your insurance is $200 a month, right? Now you have $625. From three minus three fucking thousand dollars, nigga, you 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 still you got twenty three seventy five. You, you nigga, you up two bands. You up two bands. This 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 is just living with mommy and daddy. They got everything covered. They ain't charging you no rent, nothing. Which is most motherfuckers try to act like oh my mom was charging me rent. My, my, most motherfuckers, mamas and daddies ain't charging them rent. Motherfuckers living with their parents. Motherfuckers be living with their parents and try to act like, oh, all of this shit is, this shit is, is fucked up. This, like, let me explain something to you, dog. I'm a pharmacy tech. I was living with my parents all the way up until last year, right? Maybe, actually, if I'm not mistaken, like, next, next Thursday or Friday last year, right, is when I moved out. Okay, so, no, actually, next Saturday of last year, I moved out, right? So, with that being said, it's like this. I wasn't even working a full-time job, bro, and my parents wasn't charging me rent. I had a little bucket that they bought me when I was still in high school that I was driving that my mom was paying my insurance for. It's a bucket that they already bought all right that she was paying my insurance for. That's the reality of most people. They living at home. They living at home. I, I'm 26. I was 25 last year. Obviously, if you do the math. But I'm saying, like, I was a 25-year-old adult living with my parents in Compton in a house that's already paid for, driving a bucket to, to work. And I wasn't even working full time, but I'm a pharmacy tech. Pharmacy techs make close to $40,000 a year. That's entry level. You're getting 40, that's entry. That's entry. If you know what you're doing and you're working, you're working at the right place, nigga, they're going to give you, nigga, they're going to give you $16, $17 an hour. That's entry, though. The minimum wage is what? 11 in California? So they're going to bread you up, nigga, with five, six more dollars? I mean, this, this ongoing shit with people saying that people are poor and all that old bullshit is a lie. Motherfuckers ain't poor. Motherfuckers mismanaging their money and they on the internet, on Twitter and Instagram talking about shit that don't have nothing to do with them. That they don't even know about. I ain't saying you can have your own opinion, but when you bashing other people talking about, yeah, like I seen this one bitch, this Asian bitch, talking about, you know... People under 40, we have the, the potential, then we have the, uh, the, the, the power to be able to change legislation and affect this world that we live in, but we have to go out and vote. Are you a fucking idiot? Us voting does not mean anything. Congress and the Electoral College decide everything that goes. Those are the board of directors for America. If you, look at a, if you look at a corporation, right? If you look at a corporation, the employees do not dictate what the fuck going on at that job. As far as the business direction that the job is going in. And sometimes the founder of the company don't. That's why they got a board of directors. They specialize in financing companies. They specialize in that. And if you don't know what the fuck a board of directors is or how scandalous they could be, watch Jobs about Steve Jobs' life with Ashton Kutcher. 
And that shit will tell you everything that you need to know about how the motherfuckers is controlling everything. That's what they're doing in America right now. It's people that saying right now, like, it was this thing going around. And they was talking about how Bill Gates, Bill Gates is uh, the second most wealthiest man. Uh, I think, in a, in a, like, Bill Gates is, like, probably, like, the, uh, the second richest billionaire or some shit like that. Obviously, we know people that are, like, trillion. I don't even think there's a trillionaire. I don't think it may, it, it may not. It, I mean, we know that there are, but you just don't know their names. You know what I'm saying? Because their names ain't out there to find. But between Jeff Bezos, who makes like 120, Jeff Bezos is worth 120, uh, what, like $123 billion? Or no, 100 and, no, 112. Jeff Bezos is, like, is worth like 112 or like 13 or something like that. Don't quote me, but he's like 100 and he's past 110. Put it like that. He passed 110. Okay, Bill Gates is worth 109 billion dollars. And there was this 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 ongoing conversation about how Bill Gates should just that the government approached Bill Gates and said that he should have to pay 100 billion dollars in taxes. Well, nigga, America just signed a a stimulus, what, like a $378 trillion stimulus? They just did that shit not too long before Obama left office. And I think they signed off on another stimulus where they spent trillions of dollars on warheads. The point I'm trying to make is you got fucking ants and worker bees talking about what they should do at the top. And they don't even know how to manage their own situation. You work for CNN. They giving you a check. You on here because you got to be. You at work. You clocked in. You don't make no executive decisions in your life. They do. If you don't come to work, nigga, you are fired. So with that being said, why would the government let people who have OnlyFans accounts, people who laid on a credit card payment, People who owe college loans and been out of college and grad school for nigga four years and still don't have a good job, still have a steady, uh, well-paying job, that live with their parents, that don't have any sense of independence for the most part. That don't know anything about finance ultimately, because that's what we're discussing. Why would they let them make executive decisions about the trajectory of the country and the 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 basically the economic structure of how things should be done? Oh, we should maybe we should tax Bill Gates a uh, hundred billion dollars and give it to the poor. What would be the point of Bill Gates working his whole fucking life to achieve $109 billion just to give it to some motherfuckers who don't even know how to make a million dollars? A hundred thousand, you got niggas right now who can't go outside and just make a thousand dollars? It's niggas right now that have never touched a thousand dollars cash. Nigga, I know I have. It, it ain't a lot of money, nigga. It go real fast. I, I've been, I, I didn't touch the thousand dollars before. It, it, it ain't shit. It's just $1,000 bills, 10 blue faces. It ain't shit. It, it ain't shit. And I ain't trying to stunt. I'm just making a point and saying that. It ain't shit, nigga. It ain't shit. Let me tell you something, nigga. On a pharmacy tax salary, nigga, where you get paid, nigga, $400 a month. I mean, $400 a, a, a week working full time, nigga. In, 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 in two months, nigga, you pretty much didn't touch the $1,000, nigga. I'm just saying. In two months, you didn't touch the thousand. I thought, wow. But you got people who ain't even touched, and they, and they had the potential to touch it. But you know why? Motherfuckers don't put their money up because they want shit. I want to buy. I want to buy. I want to spend this on, on a phone. I want to buy this phone. And I ain't saying, nigga, fuck your money off. How you fuck it off? I'm just saying, don't get mad at the people who are, who you think are. Let me rephrase that. Don't get mad at the people who you think are um, making executive decisions, quote unquote, for your life. Because if you feel like, oh, we going to war and shit, 
that's going to affect me immediately. Well, nigga, prior to that, nigga, everything that was going on in your life is affecting you immediately, nigga. You, you broke. You live with your mama. You you sleep on an air mattress. You you eating beans out of fucking can, nigga. You you was already fucked up. This is this don't even and that's and and the worst, the shit that was going on in the world wasn't actively affecting you then. Motherfucker say, oh yeah, we going to war. You not finna shoot no bullets. So why do you why do we keep why are we going to war? Niggas go to war because that's what the fuck people do. Have y'all not played semi or civilization before? People go to war because they want shit. America want to go over there and take their fucking oil. That's what the fuck this is. This whole fucking thing is about oil. But nobody's saying shit about when the Iranians uh, uh, bombed that, that something that didn't have nothing to do with. See, this is the thing. People don't even know what they're talking about. The motherfuckers bombed a, a, a transport with, with civilians. American transport with civilians on and they, they, they bombed it in Tehran. Nobody said shit. Nobody ain't talking about that though. That's that's like some unspoken shit. I'm just not talking about that. Why? And then Trump bombed and killed they sent the head out and killed their mans, killed their leader and shit. And now people are like, oh that's wrong. Trump shouldn't have done it. Obama then did it too. Obama killed Gaddafi. Now now what? Now what? Y'all wasn't saying shit then about that nigga. Cause he smile and people like him, so let's not talk about a nigga bomb, nigga, 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 four hundred and forty, wait, like four hundred and four hundred and forty thousand total people that nigga killed in in Syria. Allegedly, nigga, nigga, if you kill four hundred, if you kill almost close to a million people, nigga, that whole area is a uh, a farm now. If you killed them, I don't think that nigga killed that many people. I think it's close to 40. You know, they always put an extra, whatever number it is, they always put an extra one in front of it. I think the nigga just killed 40,000 people. I do believe he killed 40,000 though. With them bombs and, that, and them drones and shit. That nigga averaged the airstrike a day. That's just facts. But I think that nigga, he, he, that nigga killed like 40,000 people. 40,000 people in Syria got, got marked up. But again, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you can only speculate. You don't know what the fuck them people doing behind closed doors. The only thing you can do is focus on your bag. How, how can you get money? In case you need to get it, want to get away. <laughs> In case you need to do that. Know what I'm saying? That's what it is. Focus on your bag. Learn how to fight. Get you a gun. Learn how to shoot. And strengthen your mind. That's it. That's all you can do. Strengthen your body. Strengthen your mind. Strengthen your pockets. That's it. All the rest of the shit is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is, man. You liked into the 100 Proof Truth with your boy Young LA Friends, a.k.a. the 100 Proof Playboy. And uh, we sign, I'm signing off. We at the 53-minute mark. I hope y'all appreciated this podcast. I'm switching it up. I'm doing something a little different tomorrow. We back online, baby. I'm going to hit another one. I'm going to work out, come back. We're going to drop this shit in. Tomorrow we're going to talk about Tomorrow we are talking about land and investing. If you anybody that's trying to get into investing, anybody that's trying to get into land, I'm gonna give you some real pointers and some real tips. Not on not on some out of the book shit. This is some out of the hood shit. Motherfuckers that's really doing that I know that's really doing. You just gotta figure out the litigation for your own. But I'm gonna give you some information that could potentially help all you niggas that's talking about you wanna invest. And it's not no uh, textbook paperback shit. This is some common sense, common knowledge shit. All right? I love y'all. Stay 100. We out.